evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg, along with science advisor Matt Moniz, Stephanie Burke, and Art. Uh, should we should we give you a title, Aaron? Uh, you can just call me. I don't know. We don't have I, nicknames either. So I can't I can't see you anyway. So you can you can totally make faces at me, and I won't. Yeah, know. I, I just call me. Sp- Special fill-in producer for now or something. Right, we 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 have to we have to figure because we're going to put Aaron to work. Aaron Kaju is here with us, and uh, we have him directing Spooky TV tonight because this is our annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show. It's also guaranteed to completely not work exactly the way that we envisioned it because this is what happens every year. Every year we have all these ideas, and they never work out exactly to plan. But you know what? We are like. So close this year. We are like right there of what I would really like to see this show be every year. This is probably the closest that we've ever been to perfect. Even though I'm stressing out, and you can tell that the the folks here working in the studio alongside me really love me because most other people would have left with how stressed out and angry I get before this show. But I'm actually excited because we have people out in the field. We have teams out in the field. They're tweeting. Remember a couple of years ago when we talked about we're going to have people live tweet from out in the field? And, like, this was, like, a huge step for us. And, you know, it, it worked pretty well. You know, it worked pretty good. I mean, we were worried mostly about reception and signal out there uh, and some of the spots that people are in. But it worked out fine. This year we said finally we can add video from out in the field with people periscoping during the show. And they've been doing that. They've been periscoping for, throughout the course of the evening. So... We're just about there, and I swear, by next year, by the 11th annual Bridgewater Triangle show, it will be perfect. I think I'm going to take over next year. You're going to take over what? The entire thing, and I'm going to organize it. Well, I mean, if I had been a smart man, which nobody ever claimed that I was, but if I had been born a smart man, I probably would not have booked the annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show to be the night after a Friday Night Legend Trips. Yeah, I'm not sure why that sounded like a good idea. Because to you. I am just stupid. But I, I was looking at the schedule and I'm thinking to myself, the Red Sox are on most Saturday nights at seven o'clock. That screws up the Triangle <laughs> Show. We need to have a night that we know the Red Sox are going to be early, and so I targeted this night. And then things came together with the USS Salem, and we had to do a Friday night event because they have the Boy Scouts on Saturdays. Long story short. I took a 90-minute nap between the Legend Trips event and my radio show this morning. I went home, passed out, and never got everything prepared that I wanted to. So next year, I promise, we will not do this on the night of a le- after a Legend Trips event. We will not do this on just a few hours sleep. We're going to start planning it now. We're going to be like, you know, the day after a football team wins the Super Bowl, they start <laughs> building the next Super Bowl contender. That's going to be us. We are going to win the Super Bowl of Spooky Triangle episodes uh, next year, I promise. So I want to say hello to everybody that's out there in the field. Uh, If you're listening, we will be doing our best to keep uh, pushing through all of your tweets and pushing through all of your Periscope videos. Just keep making sure that you use the hashtag SpookyLive. And anybody that wants to join in the discussion on social media, keep using the hashtag SpookyLive. And we'll be able to see that and share that as well. I want to bring in our favorite uh, Skype co-host here. Let's see if I can do this correctly. All right, we're going to turn the internet on here. And we're going to turn our microphones on so he can hear us. And uh, and Chris, are you there? Can you hear me? 
How about now? Hold on. Chris, can you hear us? Uh-huh. Maybe he needs to uh, unmute himself there. Hold on. We can hear him. We hear you. You hear us? And we have, of course, Matt Moniz is in the, in the booth over there, and he can't hear us at all. He has no idea what I'm saying right now about him. No, this could be fun. Moniz's favorite lollipop flavor is lemon. See? I don't even know if that's true, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know the difference. Uh, and we also welcome your calls for the course of the night, of course, if you want to call in, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Uh, but we will uh, be checking in with all the teams for the course of the night, so it may be hard to get to some of your uh, phone calls uh, throughout the show. So we will do our best. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to put Chris. Hello? Hi. Can you hear us, Chris? How about now? Can you hear me? What? Come on. Any luck there, Chris, in hearing us? All right. Well, this is already getting off to a bang-up start. Yes. We're going to take a break. (laughs) We come back. (laughs) I saved lots of commercials just for this to happen. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back in just a moment here on Spooky South Coast on WBSM. And I I can't even run my commercials. I know that. that, There we go. You know Mercury's in retrograde, right? (laughs) And welcome back to Spooky South Coast. I, I didn't get any music ready because I'm in this process here. But I think we have Chris Balzano on the line now. Uh, Chris, are you with us? Oh, hey, now now we can hear you. Hang on. Are you there, Chris? I am here. Okay, this is what happens when I forget to Skype test before we go live on the air. I, I know I haven't used my Skype in about a year and a half, so I'm surprised it even worked. Well, we're just going to leave you all. You are a co-host tonight as if you were in the room with us, uh, which, you know, you always are in the room with us in spirit. Uh, I appreciate no, it. No, no pun intended. Uh, but, of course, you've been involved in so many of these spooky South Coast Bridgewater Triangle investigation shows each year. So, naturally, we want to have you here. Uh, and we have new technology that we're trying out this year with the Periscope, and, and we're going back to the live tweets. We are just we're crazy. We don't know why we keep doing this the way that we do it, but uh, people love it. This is always our most popular episode. We want to thank everybody from around the world that listens and tells us how much they love hearing about the Bridgewater Triangle. Because normally, you know, you would think this is just our little tiny corner of the world, but Chris, everywhere you go, uh, you know, you're you're living out of state now. You're not you're no longer a, a Massachusetts resident, but you still hear people talking about the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah, I still hear people talking about it and when I mention something about it and I just start talking about it a little bit, um, they always want to know more. No one is really bored with it once I start talking about it. So I think you know, even people who have no interest in Massachusetts and even people who seem to have no interest in the paranormal otherwise, when they come into my room and they see something, you know, it's the posters I have about the triangle and they ask about it and I start talking about it, they're like, oh, my word, is that – tell me more about that. Is that every place or is it just there? And and so there's definitely an interest outside of New England and, and it, only, it only seems to get more and more every year. So – it's it's you know it's good we have this show every year to kind of test the technologies that are going to be uh, in use for the for the next 365 days on the show. Well, we hope so. It depends on so. uh, if we get angry and, and just like cancel all of our social media accounts after today. We're gonna be like, what? That's it. Paris, no, I mean we're done with you. And it was funny that like, even in the parking lot of the premiere. Uh, when people were coming uh, a few weekends ago, people who were regulars to the bar were like, what's going on here? And then someone would tell them, and they'd, they'd 
want to be stopped right there in the parking lot talking about it um, and wanting to know more about it. Um, so it, it, it definitely is something that even if you don't have an interest in it, um, just starting to hear about some of the stories and some of the, the different things that are around um, really pulls you in. Well, we have our first team out there, and uh, and I don't have a rundown list like I would normally have because this one's on the teams. People did not get back in touch with me and let me know where they were going, and uh, it, so I have no idea. This is very uncoordinated in the field, but uh, we will try and let people know exactly what's going on as best we can. Uh, again, they are periscoping. They are live tweeting. We are sharing it through our social media accounts. Follow at SpookySC. Follow at Work at Burke. Follow me at Tim Weisberg. Throughout all those social media accounts, between the three accounts, we should be able to hit when everybody is, you know, sending something out there. So we'll figure it all out as we go along. And uh, the first team that we will check in with is our good buddy Dave Francis, who's out there with Mark Colacusis and a bunch of other people out at Tamarack Park in Lakeville uh, on the shores of Assawamsett Pond. Dave, are you with us? I am with you. How are you? Oh, I just cut you off. Hang on. Oh, nice. Trying to do there you go. How about that? Can we hear can you now? Can you hear me now? Yes. And Chris, you can hear Dave, right? Oh, I can hear you perfectly. How excellent. are you, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Chris? Excellent, excellent. It's going well. So you guys are out there on the shores of, of Assawamsett Pond. Who do you have with you? I have Mark Carlacusa, so I'm in the paranormal pirate. Uh, Nathan. Uh, Miranda. What's your last name, Miranda? I'm sorry. Like Lightning McQueen? Okay, Miranda McQueen. <laughs> uh, my friend Kimberly Camaro and Chrissy Ottman. So that's what She said she's alive. She survived the boat. She, she's doing great. That makes one of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, so you guys got quite a crew out there uh, on the shores of Assawampson Pond. And, and what are some of the reports that come out from that area that you're trying to track down tonight? Um, from what we were reading and um, what's been kind of sent to us were the... Um, the phantom fires, which would actually be on the opposite side of the pond, so we'd have to really be looking for them tonight. Um, and then uh, the Pukwudgie reports, which is, that's one of your things, Chris, and it's one of those new things that's really, that kind of, that's one of the things that spooks me up the most. I think I, I don't want one following me home. Well, if you do get one and you, you guys periscope it through, through Mark uh, on Periscope there, That'd be pretty awesome. That'd be a great catch. And that would really make the video. You know, I don't want to put the pressure on you, but if you caught a puck wedgie on camera, it would really help the spooky South Coast, you know, periscope angle a little bit. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Anything you do. Catching in the car. <laughs> I, have a qu- I have a question for you. So as you're there, because I've never been out there myself, are there um, ledges uh, that surround the pond or like high mountains that surround the pond or like high hills? There are some on the other side. I wouldn't say they're real high, but for this area, they're, mm-hmm. they're more pronounced. Okay. I, I can see the horizon pretty good from where we are on the lake. I got some very interesting reports or some very interesting information about that um, earlier this week. I don't know if now is a good time to, to share it, but um, um, if there's a way to get on top of those, I, I wouldn't uh, – uh, I think it would be an interesting way, uh, interesting thing for you guys to conduct some investigation, try to get some readings from up, up top there, because the, the reports that I'm getting, um, which I can get into a little bit more if you want, are that you know the, the, those areas were possibly used for ceremonies, and that there's there might be some unusual uh, readings and some unusual things that might happen up there. Yeah, I really wish we could have gotten into a little bit different area, because we're kind of right on Route 18 here, so there's a lot of traffic going by to begin with. But um, mm-hmm. those areas are nice and dark. I mean, that's, 
a lot more of the, the type of phenomena where you're going to see lights and things like that. We would have been more ideal over there, I think. And um, right. I, I'm just intrigued, too, about the area because this was the summering area of the Wampanoag. So any, I would guess anywhere around this lake is probably ideal for just taking a hike and taking a look, you know, especially during the day. And and we mentioned the the Puckwudgie Angle down there, but that's a key spot, Chris, for the Puckwudgie legend, because that is supposedly where Moshop was attacked by the Puckwudgies and killed. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's actually um, the, the the legend is almost uh, uh, you know word for word repeated um, in other places in New England, but there seemed to have been a, a battle there where um, where there was some trickery and the, and the Puckwudgies were supposedly drowned. They were tricked into the area. And then they were tried to, you know, they tried to drown them there. And that's why they're, I believe, uh, you know, through the through the last few hundred years, there have been a lot of deaths on there, or like spooky hands coming out, uh, or people going into the water and just totally disappearing. And so those legends, which are actually pretty common in, in Massachusetts, the same kind of, um, some kind of battleground, and then some kind of drowning of the bad guy in there. Um, uh, has been seen all throughout New England, but it might, you know, whether it's the attacks and they're trying to find some kind of rationale for why these attacks are happening or whether it's actually people are seeing things there, um, but it's definitely a highly reported area. Stephanie, let me ask you a question. As, you know, somebody that has abilities uh, and, and has, uh, you know, psychic connections, when you're around an area like that, where it has uh, a lot of, first of all, there's a lot of water there, mm-hmm. uh, of course, being on the shores of the pond, but when it has that type of uh, a history and a legend around it, does that have any kind of impact on you? Does that kind of, it, it, is it almost like when you get there, you feel completely different than you would anywhere else? Because of, like, ceremonial things? And- no, really, just because, of, I mean, does the, does the legend have an effect on it as much as if you were making a direct connection? Does what we do in, in researching it and going there and feeding into the legend, does that change, does it change the energy of a spot? I haven't noticed, only because I'm going in and looking for the actual energy to connect to, not the energy that's surrounding the place. Okay. Um, if you go in, it, just the same way as if you were to walk into somebody's house, you know how, like, you know, you walk into your friend's house and you get that feeling, like, is it a happy place? Is it a sad place? You know, what's what's the mood? What's the feeling of what you're walking into? It's the same type of thing. There's not any, we don't really have any bearing on the psychic imprint of the place, unless you're doing something like a ceremonial, you know, ritualistic, Native American-type place is a little different. But if we're just walking around and looking for things and we're feeding into the legend, I haven't noticed a difference in the energy. So for you, if it's like if you're, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a a way to relate it to dummies like me that would need a relation for it. But (laughs) So say your friend says, hey, go into my house and, and, you know, that... um, yeah, you know, DVD I was going to let you borrow is sitting right on the table. Just go into my house and get it. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're going into their house and just grabbing the DVD. You're coming in. You're focusing on picking up that DVD. Right. You're not focused on all the other stuff that's around it. You're not worrying about because you're in your friend's house. And you would feel awkward if you like were looking around and like you'd feel snoopish if mm-hmm. you were doing that. So you're going to just walk in, grab the DVD, and go rather than walk in there and be like, oh, let me take a look around my friend's house and see how I feel and see all that. Like that kind of a direct focus. Yeah, but if you were going into, like, plenty of times somebody asks me, you know, especially, like, when I go out with Andy Lake, can you walk into a place and tell me what's going on here? Can I psychically read the house and tell them, you know, who I'm with and the homeowner is exactly what they're going through at that time because their feelings and their thoughts and things have a direct impact on their life? 
but feeding into a legend doesn't. Speaking of Andy Lake, you didn't talk to him before you talked to me this morning, did you? No. All right, now you're freaking me out. All right, well, uh, Dave, thank you for uh, being out there for us. And, of course, you guys will be periscoping and tweeting throughout the night, and we're going to try and catch uh, catch up with you again maybe in the next hour as well. Sure. Yeah, we'll be here, so hope to hear from you. All right, stay safe out there. Yep, take care, guys. Have a good one. And uh, we will uh, be checking in with different teams throughout the course of the night. And uh, we welcome everybody to follow along on Twitter, at SpookySC, to follow along uh, on Periscope as well. We keep pushing out all of the videos as best we can. And uh, right now we have uh, teams like DLH Paranormal is out at Anawan Rock. Uh, We have John Brightman with a whole crew of folks, including uh, the group from uh, New Hampshire's Paranormal Project. They are out there as well uh, in the Freetown State Forest. And the important thing to remember, everybody, too, is we do this show every year. We've been lucky enough over the course of time that when we are doing it, we, 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 we've, we know who to trust. We know who we can send out there, and we know who we can have be representative of us. We know who we can uh, feel safe sending out there and saying, like, yes, I'm here on behalf of Spooky South Coast. So for us, it's you know almost like a hand-picked situation. Uh, but a lot of times when paranormal investigators go out there, the, the police don't know who you are. The park rangers don't know who you are. So always make sure that you're getting permission. Always make sure that you are letting people know uh, who to expect to be out there. And I know that they were saying on their first Periscope video, Dave and Mark were saying uh, that they made sure they stopped by the police. They told them where they were going to be. They told them who was going to be. They showed them their IDs, and they gave them all of their plate registration numbers. It's very responsible. Wow, so, that's very thorough. And that way there, the police come by. They know what's going on. Nobody will uh, have any question as to why they are there, and nobody will get into any trouble. I always have to wonder what the police say to that. <laughs> you think they're like, yeah. Well, I can tell you. All right. I, I, I shouldn't tell this story on the air. <laughs> we should probably tell this off there. But the other last Saturday, we were doing the live broadcast from the Stop and Shop parking lot mm-hmm. for uh, the United Way of Greater New Bedford. And the Fairhaven police came over. Right. They made a donation. Mm-hmm. And the officers were telling me how much they love Spooky South Coast. Oh, that's good. How much they love listening every Saturday night. And, you know, they say, you know, when we come in the parking lot, we just, you know, we, we always say, like, oh, they're coming to see why we're standing here in the parking lot. Right. They always want to come over and say hi, but they just don't Go want to interrupt it. us when we're talking, so... I wish I had known this when I got in my accident in Fairhaven. I could have just told them I was a co-host of Spooky South Coast. Do a little name dropping. I got some crappy treatment, and it wasn't even my fault. What what were you saying, Chris? Oh, I was going to say, I've actually found the police, while they don't want their name involved in it, have um, been great resources when I've been out there. Um, So especially in the very, very early days before this was like a, a known thing, um, we would run into police and say, hey, listen, here's what we're doing here. Can we go to this area? And they would say, sure, that's fine. Hey, but when you come back by, like, I want to tell you about another place. And so I would always get, like, two or three other places to go visit with their permission. Oftentimes they would, like, oh, just follow us. And they would drive us there. That's how we got into um, the Wilton Cemetery, uh, Gravesend Cemetery, and uh, whatever it's called, um, in, uh, in Wilton for the first time when we saw our Pukwudgie experience. Well, I, I think that... Um we have another group on the line here. Uh, let's check in with Deb Vickers and the gang over at DLH Paranormal. Uh, good evening, Deb. Is that you? It is. 
is. How are you? Oh, we're doing well. You sound really great for, for being out there at Anawan Rock. Yeah, I was really excited. We got excellent coverage, so... Well, uh, I, I have to get on that really cell phone good. plan because, you know, <laughs> that whole area is a giant dead spot for me. No pun intended. Really? So you guys wow. are you're out there at Anawan Rock, and uh, and I know that you've been out there for a little while. You've already been periscoping from out there. Uh, we've been sharing it on the Spooky South Coast Twitter feed, at SpookySC. Uh, what is, what's been going on in the time that you've been out there so far? Oh, we have had a lot of activity, actually. There's a woman we keep hearing. Um, walk to the right of us. Look, we're right on the top of the rock. And can you still hear me? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she, um, it's really weird. Like, she'll moan and, like, a little sigh, and then she'll say a word. And But we can't make out what it is. And so we set our REM pod up over there, and it's actually gone off a couple of times pretty strong. And one of the times it went off was right after we heard her voice. I haven't figured out who she is yet, but she's definitely here with us. Um we brought some tobacco for the Native American spirits as an offering. Played some nice um, music for them and the drumming and just to kind of get into the feel of it. But there's a lot here. Um, the um, K2 went off a couple of times. We've been doing EVP, but we haven't really got anything much on EVP. But I had come last week during the day, and I actually caught a man's voice. Um, I just did a practice one just to see what would happen. And I don't know what he was saying because he was loud, but he was right as I was speaking. But then it was weird. His voice started to meld with mine, and my voice started to change. It was really weird. Wow. That is pretty weird. And uh, yeah. and, and were you guys were you, uh, broadcasting at that time? Or were you recording it at all? No, I didn't. I just did a, well, I did a quick periscope, actually, because um, I wanted to test it out to see if it would work up here at this location. So I did do a periscope of that last week, so we have that. Um, but, yeah, it's just been um, – we keep hearing all kinds of things and, and voices. We haven't seen any movement yet, per se, but, um, yeah. Well, hopefully those voices isn't like what happened during one of the other Triangle shows out at Anwan Rock. Remember that? There was another team that was out there, and they yeah, were acting a little irresponsibly while we were uh, having our team out there. Yeah. So hopefully that <laughs> well, doesn't we did meet um we did meet a couple of nice people. They joined us. Oh, nice. Very nice. <laughs> they came out to, yeah, we saw their flashlights, so we kind of introduced ourselves, and they came up, and, and they knew the radio station as well. So. Oh, nice. So, uh, cool. so who do you have out there with you? Give everybody a little shout-out that's with you. Oh, okay. Um, well, we have uh, my daughter Heather, my daughter Laura, and our friend Cindy, and we're all DLH Paranormal, and then our two visitors that joined us. And, and, uh, and you guys have a website that everybody can follow you at? Follow you at? We do, um, www.dlhparanormal.com. All right. And, uh, of course, uh, DLH Paranormal on Twitter as well and on Periscope. And they have been posting some videos. Check those out. And, Deb, we wish you guys luck. Hopefully you stay safe out there. And we will check in with you hopefully in the next hour. Uh, we're going to try and make a run through uh, with all the groups at least uh, once per hour. Oh, that'd be great because I think we're going to move to the bottom of the rock in the back for the second leg of our investigation and kind of do like the laser grid. Oh, nice. So well, I think that'll be fun as well. Well, we will look so. forward to seeing the periscopes. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Stay safe. Bye.
And uh, we will certainly be checking in with some other groups as well throughout the course of the night. Uh, we have a lot of folks out there, and we want to thank everybody that always gives up a Saturday night every year for doing this. I mean, this is the second year for DLH Paranormal joining mm-hmm. us. You know, we have uh, Dave and Mark have been doing this pretty much since the beginning. I don't think they've missed a year. Uh, there's been years that we've done this in the rain. There was a year that we did this in a hurricane, I think. That, right? We did a hurricane show, right, Chris? You, um, I think it was like uh, it was the night after the hurricane. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was interrupted by it, I remember. So that was not, not one of our better ideas. There we was had a, to cancel the show <laughs> twice that year. Wasn't there a year that we did it in, like, December, too? <laughs> like, That's horrible. We're just terrible people. We're going to send you out there in the woods in the middle of the winter. We're sitting here with hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah, I'm sitting here by the nice warm, uh, <laughs> nice warm glow of uh, of all the uh, equipment, and everybody else is freezing up charge. there. We well, we see, we always have different problems every year. I I paid very close attention to make sure there was no, um, uh, you know, triple E scares this year because that's an, always a concern. Right, is whether or not there's going to be any triple E reports. We don't want to put anybody in harm's way that way. It's not really fun to do it in the middle of the summer, anyways. Yeah, it's uh, it's always People hot and muggy and. and- and uh, one, of, one of the biggest problems that I have is um, that when I go out into the woods, I tend to get kind of wrapped up in what I'm doing so much, like in what I'm looking for and what I'm doing, mm-hmm. that I don't take into account all that other stuff. Right. So I don't, like, if I don't put bug spray on at the very beginning, I don't remember to put it on. Right. Uh, and, I never, and I'm going to come home and I'm going to have all red welts. I mean, I'd probably be the guy that goes out there and comes out with, like, 45 ticks on his leg That'd and, like, horrible. gets bit by a snake. I mean, there's still mosquitoes and ticks out, just not as many. Right. Hopefully uh, everybody avoids those tonight. And, and Chris, when you were up here uh, for, the, for the premiere of America's Bermuda Triangle on Destination America, Aaron, when is that running again? Uh, it's scheduled to run on October 4th, which is a Sunday or Saturday at 9 a.m., but then again on October 27th in prime time at 10 p.m. Uh, but it's also on demand. If you have cable and you have on demand, you should be able to get uh, Destination America on demand, and it's listed right there. So you can watch it any time. But you don't want to watch it on TV. You want to watch the director's cut. So go to BridgewaterTriangle.com for that. Absolutely. And <laughs> we've had, I, I can't tell you how many people on, on Twitter have come, come back and said, you know, I really enjoy that, but now I am going to uh, watch the entire thing. I'm going to order it. That would actually be BridgewaterTriangleDocumentary.com, right? No, we also own BridgewaterTriangle.com, too. Oh, it works now? Yeah, it's, it's back, uh, back intact, yes. Okay, good. Just so, making sure. Uh, I'm glad that people have, uh, have been finding out and discovering, but when you came back up for this, Chris, you, you probably have people that they don't realize that you're, you're no longer uh, in the area, and they, right. they probably think that you're still out there uh, actively investigating, and they're wondering why they haven't crossed paths with you. You know, How come I never see you out in this Freetown State Forest, Chris? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's, it was funny because, you know, I probably had um, three people approach me wanting me to be on their shows um, or to do something, and then and all these other people saying, well, can you take me out to the forest or blah, 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 or like, oh, yeah, I've heard about you. You know, are you, what are you still doing now? Are you, are you active? And and, and I, I just kept pushing them off to the people who I thought were the experts. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, it's – it's um. You know, I always I always did the stories, and I wanted to go out there and live the area and investigate a little bit and kind of get a feel for it. So, people have people have started sending me stories here and there now. So, um, they're finding me on Facebook and asking, "Oh, you know, is there an email I can send something to, or can I talk to you?" So, when they hear that I'm no longer there, sometimes they're a little bit more less hesitant. They're more hesitant to to tell me their stuff because they want you know some kind of like full investigation or something but uh, i'm still getting a a few stories trickling through now especially since the documentary came out 
Well, we have uh, somebody on the line who is somebody that you can always push those stories to, a guy who spends pretty much every free moment he has out in the Freetown State Forest, and that's where he is tonight. John Brightman joins us on the line, and good evening, John. How are you? Oh, i got to turn the phone thing up. That's about, that's on me. Hello, John. Hey, Tim. How are you? Uh, we're doing well. We are, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a little less rested than I should have been for this, but uh, we are fighting our way through it. And, and you guys are out there. You've had to move around a little bit? We are moving around. Um, we were at the ledge for about an hour. Um, it was kind of quiet. We had a couple of things at the top of the ledge, but for the most part, kind of quiet. We are at the Indian ceremonial area right now. And what's been happening out, out there tonight? Uh, at- um, so it was it was kind of quiet uh, for the most part at the ledge. We uh, we thought we were hearing gunshots at first, but it was actually somewhere had fireworks going off. Um, so it was very loud at first to be able to do any EVPs or anything. But when it finally quieted down, we started using the Echo Box. Um, Sean Sullivan brought the Echo Box with him, and uh, we started asking questions. And uh, Sean had asked, you know, who's how many people are here with us? Can you say some of our names? And literally, it started spitting out some of the names of people that were here. Um, it said Eric's name. It said this other girl Jen's name. It said this other girl Jess's name. So it started spitting names out. Well, it seems like you have a pretty good relationship with whatever's out there, but you have some people that are out there for the, well, maybe the second time, because I know that you brought some folks out there after the uh, America's Bermuda Triangle premiere. So, yes, yes. You know, it's good that you have people that have had their feet wet, but for for people to already uh, for people for spirits to already be recognizing them, that's pretty uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, no, they they literally, and you know, they asked them, you know, can you repeat that name again? Who? What is my name? And it said it two or three times. So it was definitely reassuring that we were getting something that was saying the person's name over and over. You know, it wasn't just a one-time catch. Um, right. But it's been. But here at the ceremonial area, it's been kind of quiet. Um, we're just kind of sitting back, doing a small little echo box and EVP session right now and seeing what we can get. One of the guys brought up some uh, Wampanoag Indian music, started playing that to see if we could get anything to happen with playing that. And uh, so why don't you let everybody know who is out there with you tonight? So we got Sean Sullivan. Um, we got Eric Knapp and his group from New Hampshire that's out here. And then we got a couple of stragglers that came along with us, uh, friends Jen and Jeff. Um, so... That's pretty much who we got here. Um, it's pretty pretty good sized group. We got about ten of us that are out here, and we're just uh, enjoying how nice it is actually out. It's very peaceful and quiet tonight. All right. Well, we will definitely be checking back in with you. And I saw that Melody just started uh, periscoping from out there. So follow Spooky South Coast on Twitter at Spooky SC, and that will give you the link to watch the periscope video, and uh, you can see it for yourself. All right. Absolutely. Well, we, thank you. We will definitely be uh, talking with you very soon in the next hour. Sounds good. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good one. So we are live at the end. Uh, I really like what I'm hearing with these groups playing music and, and, and trying different things and switching up locations after a little bit. Like, I think that's something that, uh, that um, is, is refreshing and not all this kind of like confrontational stuff. And, and I'm hoping, interesting to see if it, it gets better results or kind of more clear results. And while you're talking, Chris, we are actually running the video. Uh, in the, in, in, I have the, the background sound there of Melody's video that she's broadcasting uh, from the ceremonial area. Okay. And <laughs> I just got to be careful because, you know, they don't know that they're on the radio. So they can say <laughs> something. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, there we go. See? And there we go. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, uh-huh. love it. It's all right. It was just it was just ass. We can say that. <laughs> can we? Yes, but you can follow along on Spooky South Coast's Twitter feed at SpookySC uh, to be able to see the entire Periscope video. But I, I didn't realize that we could incorporate it that way too. That makes a difference. Uh-huh. Um, well, no, like I didn't realize that this computer would really not block it. Yeah, because a lot you know there's a lot of firewalls on this for safety. Right. So I didn't. Some of these some of these streaming oh. things are. Are firewalled. Periscope's but, newer, so they probably haven't firewalled. Like yet. Spooky TV was firewalled. We had to have that removed. Hmm. So that's good. Yeah. Well, we are running low on time in this hour. We have about eight minutes left in this hour, but then uh, we will be going back through the cycle with everybody else as well uh, in the next hour as well. Uh, I'm got Matt Moniz is working on trying to get our other group uh, on the phone, and we will check in with them. And I think. That would be everybody that I have the contact info for. There's a lot of teams out there that said they were going to be part of this, uh, but I haven't heard from them. I don't know if they're like somewhere where they don't have signal. That happens all the time. Is they want to be part of it? They want to. Yeah, but they've had time leading up to tonight to give us their info. That's true, but I mean, still, when you get out there and you're stuck. Yeah, then there's no way to get word to us. So then we always hear about things after the fact. Mm -hmm. And we always have people, too, that have never done this. Uh, They hear about this show each year, and they've never actually gone out there and experienced the Bridgewater Triangle. And then they they don't realize it's different Mm -hmm. than what they were expecting. Like, that's who I'm interested in. You know, I'm very interested in hearing Eric Knapp and and his group's response to being out here. I'm very interested in hearing some of these folks who are just joining in Mm -hmm. with some of the other investigators because they're, you know, Triangle newbies. You know, Dave and Mark, they always go out there for us, and they have a lot of great experiences. But I like how they always have a, a new experience, though, because I mean, they, they are veterans of the Bridgewater They find new places to go. Right. And they find new techniques to try and new approaches. Right. Uh, Chris, you know firsthand better than anybody that, you know, the, the Bridgewater Triangle is ever-evolving. And you can't just rely on the reports that you've heard all the time, because every time you go out there, there's a potential to add to the legend. Right, right. And there's, and there's still so many, you know... Uh, Sites that are untapped, um, that have these kind of legends attached to them. One of the things I was trying to get those boys out to, I think it's St. Uh, Stephen's Cemetery, um, and I was having trouble downloading uh, all of this you know, broken down external hard drive with all the, the mass crossroads um, material on it. And I was like, I remember something about that area. I think I don't think anyone's ever been out there before. So these, these little spots that have kind of been forgotten that um, – that they have these really great stories attached to them, and I would love to see the investigators get out there and, and, and kind of put their touches to it. And, of course, uh, I, I don't want to let too much info out there, but we would actually were working on trying to get a special guest for tonight, uh, and we weren't able to, to make it happen for tonight, but he did say that he would like to join us for a future edition of the show, and that would be Charles Turk Robinson, whose yeah. book, The New England Ghost Files, launched a lot of these investigations, launched a lot of these reports for people. Some of us, we were hearing about these stories and legends for the first time by reading that book, and you've had a lot of conversations with Charles over the last couple of weeks. How does he feel about what has become known as the Bridgewater Triangle and, and the part that the stories that he documented play in those legends? Um, he's very excited about it. Um, he's kind of been watching it from afar and now watching it much more up close. Um, he's, uh, he's much more on the, on the storytelling side uh, rather than the investigation side. Um, but a lot of our conversations revolved around, you know, uh, now that people are uh, telling these stories and telling them freely, how are the stories themselves changing? And are those changes 
um, due to, you know, not lies, but due to um, mix-ups mix and, and messing up this and, and putting one story on another place? Or are these stories genuinely evolving? Like, are people having experiences? And we even brought up uh, and talked about things like if the red-headed hitchhiker uh, never existed, did we create him? Um, but, and by we, I mean, you know, we as a people, not him and I, um, by talking about him so much, you know, because what he documented in his book, uh, as a redheaded hitchhiker legends, um, you know, very, uh, very, it's very different from the, the reports that I got there, you know, the, the years before I left. Um, and they're different than the, the stories that people are getting now. So these places are evolving and, and the folklorist part of him, um, is very excited by that. Um, but it's also, you know, according to him, he has a lot of other material that has never been released and that he was very selective uh, when he wrote that book. And so there was a lot that he couldn't confirm or that he couldn't um, uh, just didn't fit in the book, whether it was thematically or whether it was he, he, he couldn't get it, the story right or didn't seem as credible as other stories that he did include. And he's very anxious to get that material out and to, and to have people um, see that. You know, even in the early 90s, these stories, while we weren't really putting them in the context of the Bridgewater Triangle, these stories were existing all throughout uh, these towns in the Triangle. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's probably for the best that it didn't work out that way because I would much rather have Charles Turk Robinson come on and be, you know, the sole focus of the show. I'd like to talk right. about his work as a sole focus instead of just kind of mixing him in. As much as it would be cool to have him involved in a Bridgewater Triangle show, I think it would be better to kind of focus directly on uh, his work. And then, and then maybe we do one of these shows down the line where we're talking solely about the stuff that's written in the first book or maybe solely about some of the stuff that he hasn't uh, put out there yet. So. Well, you know, I, th I think one of the um, one of the things that he talked about was because it's the big controversy with him is the use of uh, uh, fake names uh, of fake locations, and you know, and, and we were very I was very frank with him, and he was very frank with me about it, and you know, about his reputation based on that uh, in some circles, and so it might almost be interesting to see like if we could. Um, if we could get some of those names, those real names out there and go to some of the places that are in that book that uh, have previously been unreleased. Right. I, think I know that if, it, if I was talking, you know, last time, last time I was on, we were talking about, you know, our, our, our paranormal bucket list. Um, I would love to, to investigate uh, Whitman Farm, which is not actually called Whitman Farm. I would love to be able to get on that land and, and do an investigation there, for and example. One of the, uh, one of the, Issues, though, is that, you know, we're looking at it through the lens of, and we only got about a minute here, so I'll make this quick, but we're kind of looking at the lens of his reporting and his work through the way that we look at things now. And when he wrote that book, you know, people were probably saying to him, you can have the story, but I don't want my name used. You can have the story, but please don't say where I live. Because back then, people weren't so open and free about talking about it, so it made it harder for him as, as, a, as a journalist and as a documenter of what, we, what he was hearing because he has to worry about maintaining the privacy and the secrecy of the people who are sharing these stories with him. Um, it's actually the exact opposite. I don't know if we have time to address it uh, before the commercial, but uh, for him it was the exact opposite. Most of the people had no problem whatsoever sharing their names uh, and sharing those locations, and he was setting it up more as a safety net for him. Uh, both in terms of evaluating the integrity of the investigations, you know, weeding out people who just want to have their name in a book, um, as well as 
he was already starting to see, um, based on other things that he was doing, the, the draw that these paranormal places might have and the interruption it might have to these people's lives. So he was actually, they were the ones that wanted their names in, and he was the one that was kind of stopping that. All right, well, we are just about out of time for this hour. When we come back in the next hour, we'll check in more with some of our teams that are operating out in the Bridgewater Triangle investigating for tonight's annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show. I think things are starting to come together. It's starting to get a little bit smoother. I feel better. I feel more relaxed. That's and I'm, I'm very excited for hour number two. And uh, we will do that coming up after the news. We'll check in more with the teams out there in the field. We do have another team that's out there. Uh, Luann, if you can hear us, I need you to message me your new number because the, or, or a number because the number that I have for you is not working. Uh, so please get back in touch with me via social media, and we'll make sure that we get you guys on to start the next hour. You can also follow us at SpookySC, where you can see all of the tweets and the Periscope videos coming from out in the field. Back in just a bit. Number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with Stephanie Burke, science advisor Matt Moniz, Spooky TV director extraordinaire for the evening, Andrew, Andrew, Aaron Cadju. <laughs> Anybody ever, like, messed that up before and combined your name into one? I have people, everybody on my street, I've been living there for eight years now, they all call me Eric. That's weird. Yeah, I'm Why? still Eric Cadju on my street to all my neighbors. I, I actually would prefer Eric Really? I'm not a big fan of the name Aaron. Kind of give my parents a hard time. A little late for that. Why didn't you pick a different name professionally then, if you were that concerned? I I guess I should. What do they call that? A pseudonym or whatever? Yeah, a a stage name. You could use a pen name. You can still still be Eric if you want. Do you want to be Eric with a C or Eric with a K? Uh, What's what's a more Nordic one, even though I'm not? The K. The K. I think it's kind of. Can I say badass on the air? Yeah, you can say badass. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Eric with a K. I could get into that. Right. Aaron Aaron is too easily confused with Aaron. And then my wife is from Western Massachusetts, and she pronounces it Aaron. She sticks an I in there that doesn't exist. It's like, no, it's Aaron, and the girl's name is Aaron. She's like, they sound the same to me. And I say, say Aaron. She goes, Aaron. And I say, say Aaron. She says, Aaron. And I just, I, th- at that point, I lose it. So I'm like, it would just be easier if I wasn't Aaron. That must be interesting. My whole family is from Western Mass, so I get it. Well, that's all right. At least, at least you don't call up places and they're like, uh, "What's your name? Tim? What is it? Tim? What is it? Tim? Oh, short for Kimberly? Yeah, exactly." That must have been um, interesting going to college in Western Mass. Uh, I, well, yeah, Fitchburg State's kind of Central Mass. It's like north of Worcester, so I it was like a mixed bag there. But mm-hmm. I lived with all guys from Belchertown, Western Mass, Not- and then it was Aaron. A, a- I, it was like A I R I N Aaron. I was like, no, it's Aaron. And then they're like tinnier. They can't hear the difference between Aaron and Aaron. And it was just a hopeless. 
hopeless well, cause. Speaking of name mix-ups, let's bring uh, let's bring on Jeff Balzano or Christopher Belanger, whatever you want to call him. Uh, we have Chris Balzano on the phone. Chris, you get that a lot too, right? People mix up your name with with a variety of folks. Well, yeah, like it, it used to be the joke before that Jeff and I were, had mixed names, mm-hmm. and they would confuse us. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm. Well, so I was correcting essays for my students today. I got one, um, Mr. Benzene, oh. which oddly enough was spelled right. They spell Benzene right, but that's not my name. But normally, you know, people are scared of the balls. Um, you know, it's Belzano is, is what I get the most often. I, but now I'm going with Eric. So there you go. I'll be Christopher Eric. So we'll have two Eric's on the show. Well, he's using his first name. Chris is using his last name. So it works out well. We also have an Eric out in the field tonight. So we have Eric's all over the place. It's a, it's a very Eric-y kind of show. Uh, but we are doing our annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show. Just real quick, I just want to let everybody know uh, that we had a, a great time last night on the USS Salem with our first ever Friday Night Legend Trips event. And it was it was certainly different having to do it on a, on a weekday. Was it really the first Friday? I thought Fort Tabor was the first Friday. Oh, did we do a Friday Night Fort Tabor? I think we did. Huh. I don't remember. Well, we'll if we did, we did. We did. Yeah, we'd have to look on the website. But anyway, it was uh, definitely a different experience. It's a lot harder for everybody to get to, to Quincy Harbor on a yes. Friday. <laughs> Traffic <laughs> was a pain in the ass. But uh, it did was absolutely... Did you move the boat yet? Uh, no, okay. it's still in the same spot. Uh, we might have moved the boat last night, though. Oh. With, you know, We were pressing all kinds of buttons that we saw, so yeah, I'm sure we, we might have done some damage. But uh, it was a great night. We had some activity happening, really. And a lot of personal experiences. Uh, Frank Grace and I, the photographer who comes to all of our events, you know his work with Trig Photography. He has his new Haunted Calendar 2016 out now. And uh, he is like kind of like my go-to guy because he's a little skeptical about some stuff. You know, not everything is paranormal with him. I love hanging around with him during these events because if I see something and I think that's paranormal, he's usually there to kind of uh, let me know that I might be wrong. And so last night we were uh, we were actually in the, I want to say it was called Third Mess, I think is the, the, the spot where we were. And we're standing there and we're looking and we see this red laser light, which was one of the investigators. Uh, there were two gentlemen who are, you know, regulars. They've been to other events. They had their red laser light pointed coming from the room they were out of through the little portal door into the next room. And so we see the red laser light. And then all of a sudden, rolling through that laser light is like cigarette smoke. And you know that when cigarette smoke... When somebody puffs out, it has that rolling effect to it that other smoke doesn't. Right. And so we saw it kind of roll like that, like somebody had exhaled. And we we immediately ran into there to tell whoever was in there, you're not supposed to be smoking. Right. And as soon as we got in there, we saw nobody was smoking in that room. It was just the two of them. And they said that they hadn't really seen it, but we did. And we could smell it. We could smell like something was burning. Hmm. Now, it just so happened that one of the... People had, you know, he had an illness, so he had a respirator. Right. Uh, and the little respirator device that he had, if he exhaled with it, it would blow smoke out. Mm-hmm. But it was like a flavored thing, and it smelled like cherry, whereas this smelled like burning electrical. Hmm. So we looked all around. We made sure nothing was actually going wrong, and uh, and Frank and I were stumped. We couldn't explain it. And that was just one of the experiences that happened to me. I mean, other things that were happening to other people all night, uh, a lot of different EMF fluctuations, which is, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt because you're on a gigantic metal ship. But uh, 
one of the coolest experiences, and we're going to get the video from the person who recorded it, and we're going to see how it translates once we actually blow it up on the big screen instead of watching it through the camera's viewfinder. But this woman in my group was recording uh, when I was doing a, a K2 experiment, and I put two K2 meters down next to each other because they were going off. So when I went to go put the second one down, I walked away and I stepped out of the screen. And then you see these foot, the shadows of two legs walking along the, the wall. But instead of walking right side up, it's walking along the ceiling. Well, that's weird. And we tried to recreate that as best we could with, you know, having people stand in the shadows and mm-hmm. see, you know, but we couldn't make it happen again. And then right after that happens on the video, you see two little white streaks of light. First one, first the other. Come up like out of the floor, like where the K2 meters were, and just take off. Hmm. So it's definitely a little cool catch. And uh, there was, uh, people heard whistling all night, which was, <laughs> that also happened in my group too. I, I had to get a lot of the stories from the other people, but I was walking my first group back from one end of the ship to the other. And we stopped in the middle because we heard whistling coming from the other side. Now, you've been on the Salem. Right. Uh, but for those of you who haven't, it's basically like two long hallway walkways with some connections in between here and there. Uh, so if somebody was walking along the other side whistling, you would hear it. But nobody was walking over there. So we stopped and we waited to see like what was happening. And I said, is that you whistling? And I whistled down the hallway. And instead of it whistling further down like it had been, this whole group that was standing right next to me of about ten people the whistle came from right in the middle of that group. That's weird. And nobody whistled. It was almost like, yeah, I'm here and I'm right here. What were people's reactions? They were kind of freaked out, yeah. I think I would have been too. Yeah, the, I was like, which one of you did that? Like, nobody whistled. They're all like looking at each other. We're all in the circle. Mm-hmm. So we would have known if somebody whistled, but nobody did. It came from like right in the middle of the people. So freaky. So those are just some of the experiences. I'll probably blog about it on uh, on WBSM.com coming up this week once we can get our hands on that video. Speaking of video, we have all of our investigators out in the field uh, for tonight's annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show. We have people who were uh, – <laughs> right, you were right, Kira. You were right, too. Kira tweeted us at SpookySC that Fort Tabor was the first Friday night event, and she hashtagged it. Told you that already. Hashtag, you never listened to me. Hmm. So – I'm listening now. You were right. Uh, so, <laughs> Hi, Kara. And uh, so we have uh, the teams out there. They are periscoping, and one of the teams that's out there periscoping is Whaling City Ghosts. Luann Jolie of Whaling City Ghosts joins us on the phone now. Good evening, Luann. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, you know how we are. We are spectacular. We finally found you. <laughs> I know. Always. We had a little connection issue. I must have had an old number for you or something. Um, but you guys are out there. Uh, you are actually... Periscoping for the first time, right? We are. We've never done that before. Uh, how's it working for you? Better than the phone, apparently. How, how, how's the periscope working, Luann? It seems to be working pretty well. Uh, people are asking questions and interacting. And you will love it. Like I know you, and I know how tapped in you've been to the paranormal community for many, many years. You're going to love it on a night when you're just sitting at home and hanging out because you can actually follow other teams and you'll be able to see like little clips of their investigations wherever they are. So it's a lot of fun because it's almost like wherever anybody is investigating, you can go along with them. That is so killer. So uh, where are you guys? Where are you checking out tonight? We are in the Hockamock Swamp. And you're getting reception in the Hockamock? I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, well, you sound like you're a million miles away, so I'm like hiding in the woods by myself so I can hear you. And uh, what kind of uh, activity has been going on tonight? Anything at all? 
Oh, yeah, we're actually having a really good night. Um, earlier on, uh, the first thing that probably happened tonight was uh, Maria and Sue, um, within, like, seconds of each other, saw, like, a dark, shadowy figure. And, uh, geesh, what else happened after that? Uh, um, I'm hearing a little girl in the headphones. You know, I use the Zoom, mm -hmm. and you can listen to that live while you're recording. And, um, geesh, after that, uh, Maria had heard a disembodied voice say the word fireman. Uh, wow. and then maybe five, ten minutes after that, we were actually walking down the road together, and it was so weird. It was like a physical thing almost. We hit like this hot spot and it was heavy and it like weighed down on you almost made it difficult to breathe and then it was gone because it's it's kind of on the chilly side it's probably about 65 degrees and this was more like 85 90 degrees they hmm. did it and it like moved away down the road and we would walk a little distance and find it again and then it would move away again, and it was like we felt like it was trying to bring us away from where Susan was so that we would be, like, separated. So, um, you know, just because we don't want to leave one of us alone out here, you know, we're, we're three women out in the middle of nowhere, you know, um, we decided to turn and, and come back and join Sue again. But we, we are actually planning on going back down there and seeing if we can relocate that. Well, I think that, uh, you know, that's one of those spots that, and, and usually, you know, you guys have gone out on a number of years for us, uh, for these, I think pretty much every one. And, you know, you've always seemed to make a connection with what's out there. And when you said you were going to the Hawk and Mock Swamp, and I was watching your Periscope earlier, and I'm, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you've made personal connections to places like Anawan Rock, and people can hear your story actually in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, which they can get from... The, from BridgewaterTriangle.com or the BridgewaterTriangleDocumentary.com. Yes. Throw another plug there. Uh, but uh, when, you know, you make these connections, you always seem to come out for the better from it. And I'm a little, I was just a little bit worried about the Hockamock area because there are a lot of stories of negative things out there. So I, I know that you being very easy to connect to those spirits, I hope that none of those negative things kind of reach out for you while you're out there tonight. Well, we do. To complete calls beyond your local calling area, wow. you must dial 1. <laughs> Are you there, Luanne? First, do not dial 1 when making a local call within your area code. That's weird. Thank you for using Verizon. Are, are you still with us, Luanne? That was some freaky stuff. Moniz, you weren't, uh, he can't even hear us. He's not <laughs> trying to make a phone call. He's on the computer, no. I can see. Wow. Because he, he, he's in the booth tonight making all the calls for us, so he can't actually hear the show. Right. So he's dependent on me sending him a message on Facebook to say, here's the next group to bring up, please. Yeah, he's, he looks pretty busy on Facebook. So So he doesn't know what we were talking about. And how does that happen? How does the line just drop like that and then go to that connection? You're the technical guy, not me. But Aaron, wouldn't you think that it would just drop off? Like if there was a bad... It wouldn't just Yeah, why would message. you get the sound of trying to make a f call? Right. But why would that come on after the call drops? I mean, we've had plenty of people That's lose strange. connection with us before, and the line just goes silent. Right. I mean, Chris, you've never experienced that, have you? No, never. I mean, I couldn't hear any of that um, 
conversation whatsoever. Oh, that's my fault. Until, I forgot to put up the no, caller until, until, the, until the, actually I heard the line drop. Really? That so. shouldn't happen either. Because I didn't have the caller line up for you to hear. I didn't pop that slider up for you so to I hear. So I could hear her voice kind of mumbling, but then it came up loud when it cut off. It was conveniently after you said, I hope nothing negative gets you. I'm a little bit worried. I'm going to just uh, send them a Facebook message and make sure they're okay. <laughs> That's uh, That's a first. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely has me a little shaken. Uh, but uh, we will definitely be checking in uh, with all of our groups. I want to take a break. I uh, just want to send them a message and make sure everything's okay. We'll be back with more Spooky South Coast, the annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show in just a bit here on the new 1420 WBSM. And welcome back to Spooky South Coast, our annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show. And, of course, Tim Weisberg here along with Stephanie Burke. Matt Moniz is in the booth, so you can't hear him tonight. Aaron Cadju is here with us, and Chris Balzano is on the line. We have the... The Bridgewater Triangle All-Star crew here tonight. Right. Although, but you didn't use their new names. What's that? Oh, Eric, Eric and Eric. And Eric Kaju and Christopher Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and of course, uh, you know, we have all the teams that are out there in the field, as we do each and every year. We've been doing this. I think we've done it every year for 10 years. Well, this will be the ninth, because we'll be celebrating 10 years in January. Uh, but we have all kinds of... Uh, teams out there in the field at different locations, and they are all periscoping. Uh, you can follow along with us on Twitter, at SpookySC. We're sharing all the live tweets that they're sending out from the field. We are sharing all the uh, periscopes that this thing from out in the field. And it, no kidding, you know, with what happened when we were talking to Whaling City Ghosts, to me that qualifies as something a little bit strange and unusual. I, I'll hesitate to call it paranormal because, you know, the Hockamock Swamp area is not known for great salt reception, but I've never had a call drop off in that way before. Uh, but speaking of experiences, we have joining us back on the line, we have Dave Francis who's out there uh, along the shores of Assawampsett Pond in Lakeville. And, and, Dave, we heard that you guys had an experience out there. Yeah, and the really odd part about it was is when Chris was talking about the Pukwudgies going after Masha. Um, as he's talking, and I'm on, I'm kind of listening, I'm watching a light on the edge of the field, and I thought maybe it was a street light through the trees. There, I, we took a walk over there. There was nothing there. And as um, Kim and I were going up to the back of the field, we noticed that the light was further back in the trees, and it was moving around. It would, like, go to the right, and I would tell her, listen, I'm not going to tell you which direction I see it going. You just tell me. And she was giving the, the directions of this light, like right, left, and there was no reflections from the cars going by. There was no possibility. We were too far in the woods. Um, then we saw some red lights. Those ended up being cell towers. So. <laughs> but the white lights, we can't figure out, and they seem to change positions. Like They'll be at the edge of the field and then further back, and they kind of dart left, right. Not very far. They don't move a lot, but they move. Hmm. Well, I mean, it, it, we were talking, too, uh, off the air, uh, Aaron and I were, about the fact that uh, where where your location is, too, uh, it relates to John Sassamon. That's where they found his body. Uh, not sure exactly where. Uh, nobody's exactly sure which spot exactly it happened, but that's where uh, he had washed up, which basically was what kicked off King Philip's War, right, Aaron? Yeah, he was found dead in January of 1675. He was a praying Indian who had warned the, uh, the uh, colonial officials that the Wampanoag were possibly plotting an uprising and then uh he was mysteriously murdered in january of 1676 they put three wampanoag uh, men on trial for that of course it was like a kangaroo court with the 
fanatical Puritan English, and they were hanged. And by June, uh, the first city, uh, the first town was attacked, uh, the town of Swansea, and uh, that was the spark that ignited what is the bloodiest war on a per capita basis in American history. And, uh, and Chris, I know that you've researched a lot of the different aspects of that story. Uh, was there ever any, you know, did you ever find any kind of exact spot in relation to that? Um, no, and I'm pretty sure they found him under the water as well. Right, because yeah, it was the time of year. Yeah, if I remember correctly, so he was, you know, he had been dead for a little bit, and he actually, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is the Wampanoag who signed the Free Man's Purchase, which became the town of Freetown. One uh, interesting little side note with that, he was found under the ice, and it was a very cold winter, and they brought his body indoors, and they had, one of the things that they considered evidence was that every time they would bring in one of the the, the Wampanoag that they thought were guilty, they would claim that John Sassamon's body would stop bleeding freshly as if it had just been killed. And they didn't understand that, you know, he was frozen stiff, so little by little he would thaw a little bit. So, you know, if a drop of blood fell on the floor, uh, they would blame <laughs> these three guys for it when it was just the natural process of the thaw. So hope- It was even just the, the, the fact that they were put on trial in the first place that, that was you know, uh, the first offense, because it was, you can't put our people on trial. Like, what are you crazy? You can't, you can't put one of our nation in front of the court, like your courts. And so it was, you know, obviously then the the tensions were high because of that. And then when they were actually executed, that was, that was the final straw. Well, and uh, Dave, you know, hopefully you guys don't encounter anything like that out there tonight, because you'd have some splaining to do then, I think. Yeah. Oh, and one thing, too. I mean, you know, I'm a skeptic, right? And uh, <laughs> No, you? Come uh, no, on. I know. <laughs> um, they're running an app. Um, Chrissy could probably tell you the name of the app. I'm not quite sure, but it's one that does EVP and it does um, EMF. All yeah, I believe it's uh, Ghost Hunter Tools. Is that it? I, I think She was so. using it last night, yeah. It has given the word January twice hmm. tonight. Wow. This is really weird. And it was giving us some hits. Mentioning he had died in January or found in January. At least, um, yeah, it was giving us some interesting hits on the Salem, uh, you know, last night too. So, so the Nook, not just for reading books anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you stay safe out there. We'll look forward to seeing some more videos from you on Periscope and, and the live tweets as well. And uh, stay safe out there. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good night. Tell everybody we said thank you. Will do. And uh, we are going to try and keep rolling through the groups and check back in with everybody uh, one more time before we are done with the. Bridgewater Triangle show for this year. Uh, we are hopefully going to be doing this again next year in our 11th year, right? No, it's be our 10th year. We'd be almost in 11 years. Time flies. But uh, I'm sorry. You were you were enjoying your sun chips. I was eating my sun chips, but I figure you're looking right at me and you probably want some type of conversation. You should probably turn my mouth no, I just I just look at you and just <laughs> wait for you to nod and make it look That's, like what I'm saying is right. That's super creepy. No, no, I'm just looking for validation for what I'm saying. I'm not being a weirdo. I'm just being a narcissist. There's a difference. Uh, you opened yourself up for that one. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- this 
it's, it's starting to come together. It's starting to work the way that I envisioned it. I told you next year, just let me do my OCD yeah, thing. You are you're totally in charge. You start working on it for next year now. I will. Gives us a whole year to work out the kinks, and uh, and, and we're glad that Chris could be back with us for this year as well. Uh, we are. And gonna... I'm nodding at you too. Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. And I'm nodding at up. Stephanie too. I will never nod at Eric, but I am nodding at you. Too. By, by next year, we should have the capability to bring you in via video. So you know, you'll have to actually you know wear a shirt. Which was yeah. always always a problem with Spooky Crossroads was getting us to actually wear shirts. It's you know, and yet I think that's what the appeal was for a lot of people too. I think it was. We were very we were very huge with the we like to see paranormal investigators without their shirt on crowd. So it was limited to about four people, but that they were very loyal. Tim, wasn't it uh, Jimmy Church that gave you a bunch of crap about having a wrinkled shirt in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary? Yeah, I don't understand what Jimmy Church's problem is with me and my wrinkled shirt. Okay, this is nothing new. Yeah. Everybody else is going to accept my wrinkled shirt, Jimmy Church. Unless we're going somewhere where you have to look presentable. Like the crooked tie, that's become my new trademark. I'm going to always make sure my tie is crooked no, now. No, because I yell at you. Whenever I do anything. You saw the There's so many so. videos of me in that shirt that I feel like I need to buy one just like it now. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you, you're kind of like Linus now. You cannot not be wearing the red striped shirt. <laughs> Linus. Right. You know, you're, <laughs> well, every time you see Linus, he's got that red striped shirt. And uh, the funny thing is, Chris, I think I have the exact same shirt, but I try to avoid ever wearing it uh, whenever I do anything paranormal TV related because I'm afraid people are going to be like, wait, Paul Zano had that shirt. Tim had that shirt. I knew that those guys were roommates. And then it'll just get really creepy. You guys do have a, an interesting relationship. We, we do. You do. We yeah, do. I'm nodding again. Je- Jeff introduced, Jeff introduced me last night, as he does at all internships events, as his heterosexual life mate. So between the th- we are like the three of us, Chris, Jeff, and I, that's kind of like the relationship that we have. Yes. And that's fine. That's so, awesome. can, I, can I ask a paranormal question? Yeah, I suppose. I'd probably be bringing the show back to the topic at hand. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so they're, they're on Lakeville, right? Yes. Right. Have there been reports of um, Thunderbirds in Lakeland? In, no, Lake Lakeville. You're thinking Lakeville. of Florida. Yeah, uh, there's been reports out of Lakeland, but I don't know if they're about Thunderbirds. That's where no, Florida I, man lives. I was have I was having a conversation about Lakeland and thinking about you earlier. So Lakeville. Yes. Have there been reports of Thunderbirds out in Lakeville? Uh, I think so. I think they've seen you know the, at least in that whole area because there's been reports in Middleborough. Mm-hmm. So I would think right. I would think that there probably have been. We've gotten a ton of Thunderbird reports <laughs> as part of the question answer discussions after some of the screenings of the film of Thunderbird sightings in Easton. Easton yeah. is like we've gotten at least three Thunderbird reports out of Easton. So I don't I don't know what that's all about, but maybe it warrants a follow up. Oh, absolutely. Um, totally off topic, kind of, sorta, but not really. Have you guys seen that footage of the Thunderbird in New Hampshire? No. No. They caught the Thunderbird. Yes. Like physically caught it. No. Oh, just on on film. I would have. I would have liked to have seen them actually catch it. Brendan showed it to me. I'm gonna have to see if I can find it. Um, I don't know where he found it. I want to say like Barstool or something like that. But it was it was a weird video and pretty clear. Hmm. We'll have to definitely check that out. And uh, speaking of video, we have another team on the line that's been periscoping all night, DLH Paranormal. Deb Vickers joins us again. Uh, so how's it going now, Deb? Things uh, things getting pretty interesting for you? Yeah, this is such a cool location. Um, we came down off the rock, and now we're behind the rock. And we set up our laser grid, and we put our REM pod down there, and we had a shadow. We had a lot of our lights disappear, and then at the same time, our REM pod went off, so that was pretty cool. 
And Cindy heard a voice again. This one sounded like a man, like a deep moan. We haven't done any EVP back here, but it's nice. It's a little bit quieter back here because it blocks the rock, blocks off the traffic. Uh, What's cool, too, is that you're in a spot that you're getting, you know, the REM pod hits. You're in a spot that doesn't really have, there's not a a lot of uh, man-made electrical fields around where you are. You know, it's right. it's not like uh, it's not like there's an electrical outlet coming out of the rock that could be giving you false positives. I mean, you're getting if you're getting any EMF, it's either something that's natural, which would be you know mm-hmm. geological, which would also explain a lot of the reports that go on there, or it's mm-hmm. something manifesting. Yep. So yeah, it's pretty cool because I I know one of the claims was shadows, so we did have that on our laser grid. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I know they people hear voices here a lot as well. So that was another claim, and we've heard that. So that was pretty cool. Oh, one of the other frequent reports, too, is the phantom fires that are seen out there. Uh, and so it was you know, smell fire mm-hmm. when we got back to the back of the rock. It was weird. It was like it almost smelled more like a, like a burning plastic almost, but it was definitely a fire smell. Hmm, very interesting. Well, watch out for other paranormal groups that are out there uh, burning something else uh, from what we've heard in the past. <laughs> so, all right, well, you guys stay safe out there, and uh, and we will f- be looking forward to seeing some more of your periscopes and, and following along with your tweets. Uh, again, everybody can follow us at SpookySC as we send them all out there, but definitely follow the ladies at DLH Paranormal. And uh, thank you again for going on. Stay safe the rest of the night. Me too. Thanks, Tim. Take care. And uh, we will be goodbye. We will be checking with some of our other groups. <laughs> that sounded awkward. I'm like, yeah, goodbye. I, I always feel awkward, like hanging up the phone on this because you just you, you get so used to, you know, like when you hang up the phone, you either hang up a receiver, or right. like I always look at my phone when I hang it up. So to be able to just be like, button, bam, you're done. It's like it's a lot of power to wield. You have to make sure you wield it correctly. Uh, so we have uh, all of these groups that are out there in the triangle for us tonight, and uh, we have been checking in with them throughout the course of the night. But, again, the investigations, they never stop uh, when we are, you know, just going off the air at midnight. That, that's not the end of the investigation for a lot of these groups. They keep going well into the night. And you'll be able to follow along with them on Twitter. You'll be able to follow along with them on Periscope. I really think Periscope next year, by the way, should get behind this. They should back this. There you go. Because they're getting a lot of publicity right. from this. We're going to try and get, you know, Spooky Live hashtag, you know, hashtag Spooky Live trending worldwide one of these years during the Bridgewater Triangle Show. we got to figure out a way to feed the Periscope feed into the Spooky TV feed so that the Spooky TV viewers can see the Periscope stuff. Yeah, now that I know that we can actually get the Periscope videos here in the studio, uh, that it's not being blocked by the firewalls, what we could actually do is we could... Next year, we can bring in that video as one of those boxes that we use on the, on the Minicam. We'll be able to actually kick it out live, and uh, you could, you know, uh, just as long as we're carrying the, the audio from the show, it could just be kind of B-roll in the background. So I think that would work out pretty well as we talk about the technical aspects of how to do this on the air. But, you know, that's what I wanted to see happen with this every year is I wanted to see it involved. Uh, I want to see it involved and evolved. Right. I want to see it be something that people can watch and listen to at home, but I want them to feel like they're along with the investigation. And that's what people love about this show every year is that you never know what could happen. <laughs> Things happen to these teams when they're out in the field. And now by listening to it, we talk about legend tripping with our legend trips events, putting yourself into the story. 
you're essentially all legend tripping tonight listening to this show, or even if you're listening to it on podcast later on, you are now part of the Bridgewater Triangle legend by listening to this, by taking part in this, uh, and you have become part of that story. So the fact that you're sitting there listening uh, wherever you may be, uh, we have people listening you know, five minutes down the road, we have people listening across the world. No matter where you are, the fact that you are listening to that, your energy is playing into what's happening out there in the field tonight. And again, wherever you're listening from, email us at SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Let us know your name, how long you've been listening, and where you're listening from, and a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Yeah, and you can tweet it to us as well at SpookySC. Yes. We get a lot of uh, tweet shout-outs as well. Right. And uh, we're more than happy to share those and retweet them. And, and I just love the fact that you know people care about the Bridgewater Triangle in these other places. Yeah, it's awesome. Because, you know, I don't care about where they live. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I do. Uh, and speaking of an ambassador for the Bridgewater Triangle, we have one of them joining us on the line. Uh, John Brightman comes back in. And, of course, John, you are recognized everywhere that you go as being a Bridgewater Triangle investigator. That's what you go out and speak about uh, kind of across the country. And, and you must see a lot of, uh, you know, interest in the Bridgewater Triangle from, from people that have never even stepped foot in this area. This is true. Yeah, this is true. We do, um, we, we see a lot of people, you know, def- depending on where I go to do a lecture, a talk, you know, if they haven't heard about it, as soon as they do listen to the lecture, whether it's from Jeff talking about it, because people do ask questions, things like that, it's, people just want to know more, and they're at, back at the table asking questions, or they're look, Googling it and looking it up, and, you know, it's, it's something that people, I don't think, before Aaron and Manny had made the documentary, people had heard about it. It was there, but it wasn't so nationally known. And I think once Jeff started talking about it at lectures, um, myself and a few other people, that's when it became more nationally known and more people were hearing about it. And it's gotten big. People want to know what's going on in this area. Yeah, Aaron, you must be getting orders for the documentary from all over the place. Yeah, we just uh, just received a an order from a Wood Dickinson from another state. <laughs> Poor Wood, he's listening right now. <laughs> and I had to giggle, guy. but no. Uh, in all honesty, yes, we've been getting uh, orders from um, across the country: Texas, Ohio, California, Virginia, New Jersey, and I, the diversity of the states which have been represented in the orders has. Uh, Increased with the national broadcast on September 5th. It definitely has opened the door to a broader national audience and introduced a whole new demographic to the Bridgewater Triangle, which is something that we all can be excited about. And in a weird twist of events, uh, Wood Dickinson is actually just a name he uses for online orders. His real name is Eric Balzano. <laughs> so it worked out that way. I thought it was Christopher Eric. Yeah, it's Christopher Eric. No, you're fine. Christopher Eric, and he's Eric Kaju. So this yeah. is Eric Balzano. He's a completely different person than both of you. So, it's just nice that we can all be so mature, right? Right. Uh, we take this seriously. Uh, but John, what's what's happening out there? What, what's been going on since we talked to you last? We um, we actually had finished up at the uh, Indian ceremonial area, and uh, we had to drive a little bit of a ways. But now we just literally parked. Um, we're going up to the pet cemetery right now, so we're gonna go up there see what's going on, see if we get anything. So it's been kind of quiet for about the past half an hour, 45 minutes because of driving and, you know, having to open gates and things like that. But uh, we 
hopefully we'll get something going on over here. You know, it's one spot we've gotten some stuff before, got some EVPs, some crazy pictures, not sure what they are. Um, but hopefully we'll get something going on here. I'm sure once we get up to the location, Eric and Melody will be uh, doing the Periscope thing and uh, letting everybody know where we are. All right, yeah, everybody can definitely follow along uh, with them. You can uh, just follow along with Spooky South Coast uh, at Spooky SC, and we will be sharing those uh, uh, periscopes and tweets as they come out. And, and I recommend that everybody, as we're sending those out, follow along with these people because these folks are out in the field every weekend pretty much. They're out investigating and taking on new challenges and new locations. So, uh, it, And that's what's great about this, John, is it's kind of going to be the next – best way for everybody that's in the paranormal to connect with one another is to be able to watch each other's investigations on Periscope. Absolutely. I, I agree because, I mean, people, you know, there's, there's the whole drama thing, but people need to, you know, work, network together, ask questions, because that's the only way we learn. Nobody, Nobody's an ex- expert in this field. Nobody knows everything. And I think when you can, somebody can post a video and the majority of the people be adults about it and say, hey, you know what, it's really this. You know, we're not trying to belittle you and do it this way, but when they can actually help out and do it that way, I think you're right. I think this will be the new biggest thing for investigating and for people to understand what's maybe the correct way, what's not right, what could be good evidence, what might be a mistaken bug on a lens, things like that. I think it'll help. All right. Well, uh, absolutely, and thank you, John, for joining us, and everybody can keep following along even after we go off the air. I know how you guys work. You're going to be going all night long. Oh, yeah. We'll be here until probably about 2 or 3. I mean, these guys from New Hampshire came all the way down. They don't want to, you know, go home anytime soon. But I do have one question for you. Sure. One of the guys from New Hampshire was asking, how many groups are out here tonight investigating throughout the Triangle? As far as we know, we've only heard back from four groups. There was probably like seven, eight, nine, ten groups that wanted to get involved with this, but we only heard back from four. So we've okay. only been checking in with four. So there could be some people that are out there that we're not sure where they well, are. not getting cell service. Uh, yeah, that's a, a very real possibility. I know that one of our friends, Danielle, was actually on her way out in that area. So okay. I don't know if that was for an investigation or if she was just going out there uh, on her own. But uh, okay. I wouldn't be surprised if you encounter some others while you're out there. Uh, we've actually seen some cars, but we don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, they're just random parked cars in the middle of the forest. Well, you know, you know what they're doing there. You know better than uh, anybody what goes on out there. So, all right, buddy. Well, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you after. All right, stay safe. Tell everybody who said thank hi. You. Bye. Bye. And uh, that is John Brightman. And, and, of course, like I said, this is going to be going on all night. I'm up for a couple of hours after the show every Saturday night. I'm going to keep retweeting it out there so you'll be able to follow along. But definitely follow along the individual people as they're tweeting, as they're broadcasting. Help them out and follow along with their adventures. I mean, they're doing us a favor tonight by uh, getting involved with us. So we want you to do us a favor and follow them. Uh, And then we will make sure that uh, we keep everybody in the loop about their different investigations and adventures throughout the rest of the year, not just in the Triangle show. Uh, Aaron and Chris, I'll ask you guys uh, this question, and it's uh, you know something that, that we were t- touching on a little bit there with John, but you both must hear, Aaron, I'll ask you first, because I, I know that we've been talking about this. There's people who have never stepped foot in the Bridgewater Triangle that are out there selling themselves as experts on it. People who are not from this area, who have never been to this area, uh, maybe this is a chance for them to actually use these Periscope videos to get their first glimpse into things, really. Uh, Because, Aaron, we saw somebody this week that was uh, supposedly a go-to source on it that we don't even know who this person is. Yeah, it was a podcast, which probably would be safe not to name, and I can't even remember it anyway, but a guy was like being billed as like this cryptozoological 
paranormal Bridgewater Triangle expert, and they filled like a 90-minute podcast with this guy mispronouncing the town names and wow. locations and <laughs> d- didn't know his, uh, his thing from his elbow. And uh, it was... <laughs> I was like, like how can, anybody can just say I'm a Bridgewater Triangle expert, and just from reading a Wikipedia article, they can fill a 90-minute podcast just spouting a bunch of other people's research and information. It's kind of scary, I guess. Well, uh, Chris, I don't know anybody that has ever been an expert on the Bridgewater Triangle that would mispronounce any of the names, he says, <laughs> as he talks to the guy that says a sonnet. Yeah. He does not. <laughs> he does. I used to get on him and Jeff really? all the time. for They argued with me about it. They argue with me that it's it's a sonnet. I'm like, it's a sonnet. I live here. It's a sonnet. Or you could say it like GPS, which is basically a sonnet. Well, please, please turn left on Asonet. 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 Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I've um, I've written uh, a book or two about it. I may and have studied read it them. for a bit, and and I still have people who are uh, uh, up in arms, <laughs> being like, "You're not even from here. How dare you write about this stuff?" But you have so. been here. You have spent a lot of time here. You have made connections here, so I know you so are one of you us. Know, <laughs> you know, but I think that just you know, the Bridgewater Triangle belongs to the world, but I think the individual locations belong to the people in the towns that they're that 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 house them so that's that's in, in one respect that's really kind of cool so well another name that is frequently pronounced wrong and i don't know why is hockamock and joining us from out in that area is luann jolly of whaling city ghosts and how is it going out there luann are you with us are we going to get disconnected by some mysterious phantom operator or what <laughs> well i'd say don't talk about the negativity or they're going to cut us off again i'm going to try it again before the end of this call really weird <laughs> I'm glad you're still alive, Luann. Right. We were a little concerned for your well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because, like, when I dropped off like that, my boyfriend called right away, like, are you guys okay? (laughs) I'm sure. We were saying the same thing. We were trying to get you back. Yeah, because if you had just hung up the phone, it would have just gone dead. So it's nothing that you had done on your end. It's nothing we did on our end. It was just all of a sudden the connection, complete connection, went dead, and it sounded as if we were trying to dial somebody out. Huh. So yeah, you, you you must not have heard what happened on this end, right? No, it was I was actually talking, and then I realized that there was nobody on the other end, so I, I didn't hear any of that. Oh, we we got the operator coming through with the doo doo doo. The party you were trying to reach is not available. Like, and we weren't calling anybody, so it was just yeah, very... unless we had to dial nine to make an out of area phone call. Yeah, it was just <laughs> we were very already weird. on the phone. Wow, that's weird. So I told Tim it was all his fault. This is a weird place we're at. <laughs> has uh, has anything been going on since uh, since we talked to you last? Besides that, actually, yeah, it's weird because there's like this big high power tower right where we are, and I swear it sounds like somebody's taken like a rock or something and tapping on it, and we've all heard it at least once since then. Wow. Well, it, yeah, or metal on metal, it, it's it's a weird, definitely something metal is being tapped out here. Well, we are uh, very excited uh, that you are having some experiences out there, and are you, I'm assuming you guys are going to stay out there. We're going off the air in like two minutes, but I'm assuming you're going to stay out there for a little while and uh, and keep oh, periscoping? Yeah. All right, well, we will make sure that people keep following along with you. Uh, and, of course, they can follow along with you on Twitter, at 
Whaling, C-T-Y-G-H-S-T-S. I know Twitter just won't give us enough characters for the names. I uh, know, they don't. But you can follow along at SpookySC because we're retweeting uh, all of your tweets and periscopes as well. So thank you so much for joining us, and stay safe out there for the rest of the night. We will. Thanks, Tim. Have a great one. You too. And we will be wrapping things up here. Uh, we are just about out of time with our 10th annual, 9th annual, I don't know, we'll have to do the math sometime, but the uh, the annual Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show, and things went off way better than it seemed like it was going to two hours ago. Very happy for that. Weird. How about that? Things come together. And uh, we want to thank, of course, Chris for joining us and Aaron for coming in. You guys are the best. Oh, please. You're the best. We do it for you. That's true. I am. <laughs> And then uh, I want to remind everybody really quick, uh, we've been talking about Face Your Fears Night that's happening at Fort Tabor on October 17th. It has been sold out, and we've been telling you to stay tuned that there will be some major announcements coming about that. I can tell you, definitely stay tuned. There is a major announcement coming for all of those of you who missed your chance to purchase tickets to that event. And, of course, we will be, the Spooky South Coast crew will be putting on Ghosts of the Gateway on October 3rd in Wareham. Uh, as many of the spooky crews we can get together on that night will come by. Right. Uh, but we're going to be putting this event on for the Wareham Historical Society. You can investigate the Faring Tavern. You can investigate uh, the old uh, Methodist Meeting House, the one-room schoolhouse, the Union Chapel, all of that. Just go to SpookySouthCoast.com to get your tickets. Get them now because they are very limited in how many we can sell. So you want to definitely check that out. It's going to be run just like a Legend Trips event. We're going to feed you, give you lectures, and hours of guided investigation. Well, that does it for this week's show. We are just about out of time. I want to thank everybody out there in the field that joined us tonight, and uh, we'll continue online. You can follow along at SpookySC for the tweets and the periscope. So until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chris, for Aaron, I'm Tim. We want you all out there to stay spooktacular and stay triangular.